Gregory Santos is now a Seattle Mariner, and we're going to get Joe's thoughts on the comparison between Santos and Prey Lander Baroa. Then we're going to talk about what one more possible move would look like for the Seattle Mariners if they have anything left, and we'll end it all with talking about this team as a whole. And is it better than the 2022 playoff team? Thank you guys so much for watching episode 58 of the Hit It Here podcast, part of the Believe Network, the Jeremy Reed episode, by the way. And I'm here with Joe. Joe, how are you? I am ecstatic that I finally know a player that you're saying. Jeremy Reed, outfielder, growing up. You know, a guy that I wanted to be big time. And a guy that's going to be big time for the Seattle Mariners in 2024. It's, it's Gregory Santos. Everyone's jazzed about this move. And it feels good. It feels good to be a Mariners fan right now because of just the, the general excitement about this guy. We knew going into this offseason that without Seawald at the back, it felt like a little bit was missing. And then we traded Topin. Before the offseason was going along, I was like, we don't really need to add to the pen. I think like the mid-level guys are fine. You were like, we need a leverage guy. And then we traded Topa, and then we were both like, we really need a leverage guy. <laughs> and then they replaced him within... In a blink of an eye, it felt like. It has felt like, honestly, that Santos has been a part of this roster for the entire offseason with how excited everyone's been about him. Like, I don't know what it is. It just feels like such a Mariner, and it's been, what, 24 hours? Mm -hmm. I think that of all the moves that I have seen the Mariners make over time, this has been the most positive reaction, like wholeheartedly positive reaction to a trade that I've seen in a long time for anything the Mariners have done. I think that even, you know, again, giving up Preylander, that sucks. Zach Deloach, eh, okay, maybe he's something eventually. Uh, giving up the, the draft pick, I mean, if you're the Mariners, yeah, you're good at drafting, but you don't need the pick. Like, at this point, you need to win now. That's what you need. Your farm system's fine. Go out there and win baseball games now. So I think that overall, people should be and have and are acting the way they should with this trade. They are saying, hey, we're really excited about adding Gregory Santos. He has a chance to be incredibly good in this bullpen. But do you, Joe, think that Preylander could have been Gregory Santos? And where do you think that that stands? Where do you think the trade stands with that in mind? For me, it's the Mariners are betting on themselves. In 2024, they're not letting other things kind of come to them. They are putting all their chips in in a way that they can do it for themselves they're betting for themselves in 2024 if you guys want to bet do it with bet online it's playoff time the final game of the nfl season the super bowl it's happening this coming sunday the usual suspects they're heading to vegas unfortunately for us seattle sports fans the niners and the chiefs a rematch that we've seen recently it's going down in vegas for the super bowl and our partner bet online is your number one source for football odds stats trends and line. Leading up to the big game, you're not going to want to miss out on anything that Bet Online has to offer. With everything from point spreads to hundreds of bets on everything from the coin toss to even the colors of the Gatorade, Bet Online is the number one source for your championship wagering. Head to Bet Online and join today to get into all the action. And say you don't want to bet on the Super Bowl, NBA and NHL are right there, and the baseball season is so close, guys. Bet Online. The game starts here. In all seriousness, Gregory Santos is everything that you'd want Prelander Baroa to be. A guy that is pretty much a lock to be a high leverage guy for you that is going to limit hard contact. The home run prevention from those back three for the Mariners in the bullpen right now is going to be just elite levels of soft contact, preventing barrels, just everything in general. Like Munoz, Brash, Santos, they're all phenomenal at it. And you don't have to train 
or you know coach Prelander Baroa to get there. You don't have to mold him into the reliever you need him to be because you just traded for him and you didn't have to give up a ton. And if Baroa, I sure I do I think he could become Santos at some point. But if I'm if I'm looking at this say as a Mariners fan, this is a guy that they wanted to acquire and bring in, and then maybe never developed in the right way. You know, like maybe his control, something that they were like really concerned about, and it never kind of fixed itself. They couldn't wait any longer. And it's a guy that you thought in the second half of 2023 was going to be a guaranteed lock to see some action. He got what? Half inning? An mm-hmm. inning and two thirds? And mm-hmm. Aaron said, okay, bye. Like we, we, we have you at home now with Gregory Santos. I think that Baroa probably, I mean, who's to say that he would have, you know, come into 2024 and been locked down? Does he have the potential to be? Absolutely. But if you're the Mariners, the window's open now. And we've been talking about this for a while now. You need to go out there and make the moves now to make this team better. You don't want to wait another year for a guy to be ready and have your bullpen suffer because of it. The ceiling for Prelander Baroa, in my opinion, is Gregory Santos. And the floor is Tiago Vieira. Like, Just something the, that's nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you can go out there and acquire the ceiling already, a guy who's been there, done that, and proved it, and you're only going to give up, what, next one extra year of control, and but you're getting a more of a sure thing than a maybe, then I think that you go out there and do it 10 times out of 10. And when you look at the Baseball Savant page for Gregory Santos, the one thing that really sticks out to me is his K percentage isn't all that crazy, which is very surprising in my opinion. Now, keep in mind, it's just been a ah, year. So yeah, that could change in 2024. Whereas Barola had a much higher K percentage throughout his minor league career and even in the one and two thirds where he had like a 30 something K percentage. Obviously that doesn't count, but I think that with the Mariners pitching lab, getting into the stat cast side of things with Gregory Santos, they might be able to even work out a few more swings and misses out of that devastating slider that he has. And that 101, 102 mile an hour sinker that he has as well. He, by the end of this year, I would not be surprised to see him as your de facto closer. Whereas we were looking at it being probably Andres Munoz. And do I think the Mariners will go with a de facto closer? No, I don't think they will. I think it'll still play matchups like they always do. But this gives you options. When you have, there was a guy in our comments saying like, oh, well, you know, sorry, they can't pitch every day. Yeah. It's like, you don't, the whole point is now you basically needed Brash and Munoz to pitch every day. Now you don't. Now you can, instead of having Munoz pitch one day, have Santos pitch one day. The next day, you can have Santos and Munoz pitch. And the day after that, it can be Brash and Munoz. Like, you don't have to work all these guys multiple days in a row anymore by adding someone like Gregory Santos. This trade is an absolute slam dunk for the Mariners. You make this trade every single time, given the opportunity. Because, frankly, this team's in win-now mode. The White Sox really shouldn't be. They're a team that should continue selling off pieces, in my opinion. And so they're going out and reaching for the future. Preylander, in my opinion isn't unless unless they convert him back to a starter which i think would be stupid if they change it back to a starter and he succeeds then then they win the trade absolutely but if they continue to use him as a reliever they basically just got gregory santos again yeah for a couple year maybe a year removed i think the thing that i i'm not really worried about santos's like pay percentage really because got that in munoz and brash already like, you don't, it, it, his stuff doesn't have to be punch out guy limits, hard contact in a very good way where 
say it's not this elite level of strikeouts, okay, that's fine. He's not going to be giving up a ton of hard contact. Something that will definitely boost his K percentage is if they rework that sinker. Sinker was not good. Sure, he throws it hard. But in terms of batting average against run value on Savant, it's like negative seven, I think. Or maybe it's negative one. They look similar. And don't laugh at me. But I know the batting average against was like above 300. So like they need to rework the sinker in some capacity, whether they turn it into a two seam to go opposite movement of the slider, which I feel like is a pretty easy fix. Still going to be able to throw it over 100. Like it's, it's hard to look at this trade and be like, ah, like you have to be excited about this move because it solidifies the back end of your pen now. And you don't have to worry about going out and making another move, even though there's maybe some guys out of the market that could have made sense. Now you can turn your attention away from maybe another reliever in that market or that higher end market to a middle market reliever, or maybe even another bat to fill out this lineup. And I mean, I don't even know if I have one picked out yet, if there were to be another move. And after the Polanco trade, we were like, is there really going to be another move? Cause at that point in time, it, you know, it didn't really, I didn't see the space in the roster for it necessarily, but it's, it's showing that this front office is willing to be creative and work hard for their moves, I think. So if there's one more move coming, I'm now not going to be surprised. Let's put it this way. Let's, let, I have to say that if you are somebody who is in the comments of any Mariners post at all, blaming things on Jerry DePoto or Justin Hollander right now, you're clueless. They have absolutely hit this offseason out of the park with the resources that they were given. And the fact that they have turned this team into what it is going into 2024, in my opinion, the best team in the American League West. Homer! The most, the, yeah, I know. God, bootlicker, John Stanton's paying you to sell tickets. Shut up. All right. This team is the most well-rounded team in the division by far. It's not even a question. It's not even close, in my opinion. This team's the most well-rounded team in this division. The fact that they were able to go out there and make these moves that they have with this budgetary constraints that were put on them by John Stanton is nothing short of incredible. Now, with that being said, that doesn't mean that this team should be done looking for ways to make this team better because there are still places that you can fill out this team. Places. Overall, places. Nobody's going to get that. Overall, I look at this team and there's not one blatant position that I think needs to be upgraded. But. You and I talked about it a little bit after the Santos trade the other day. Cody Bellinger makes this team a clear front runner. Like, it's not even a question at that point. A I got uh, Stay with me. All right. Stay with me. All right. It's not going to happen. But if, if, if I somehow see Cody Bellinger and the Mariners just like in a passing bomb. Oh, man. I'm going to I'm going to start taking my clothes off. It's a situation that the fit I think it's it's beginning to make more sense with how creative the roster's becoming, I think. And I just think the price range is it is unrealistic for this offseason specifically and the resources that they're given. I think it's a nice thought. And you know, why not go for it? Why not try and go get probably the most legitimate bat still left on the free agent market to really solidify your offense and solidify your team as the AL West favorites. Of course, of course that would make sense. But again, you know, dialing it back a little bit, reeling us back into reality a little bit. I think that positionally Cody Bellinger makes sense. So you could look to 
free agency and try and find someone similar. And I think Adam Duvall is a guy that's right there. It's not fun. And it's definitely not Cody Bellinger. But it is, a, I think, a good insurance policy to, I mean, Duvall was injured a lot last year. But a pretty, I think, injury-risked team. And, you know, I don't, I, you know, those words taste bad coming out of my mouth. But, like, Mitch Haniger, are we going to trust him to go out and give us 100, 110, 120? I don't know. So having, like, a guy like Adam Duvall that can just be like, hey, I'm just budget Mitch Haniger. Did I say that right? Budget? I felt like I said that word weird. Budget Mitch Haniger right away. Like, it's, it's I think, a move that can make sense. And I think that's more in line with the Mariners' financial, like, flexibility right now. It's probably what? seven to 15 million in that range. It's a pretty big range, but like seven to 15, somewhere in there. What? No, If Adam Duvall gets $15 million. I'm, I think he'd get like 10. I'm saying where they'd be at. They'd still have a little bit to play with in season. Oh, oh. I'm not saying that's his contract. I'm saying that's the Mariners range. Probably like if I, if I were to guess the contract value for the last move of this, of this off season, if they were to make one, it'd be between like seven and $10 million. Mm-hmm which allows them to still have wiggle room to play within the season. And even if they don't make a move, they still have plenty, again, in that same way, to make a move within the season should it become necessary. Be- should there be a reactionary trade that has to happen because Hanniger's out, Garver's out, like so-and-so's out. I think that I'm kind of on board with that. I would rather give a little bit of extra money to Tommy Pham. Sure. Um, with that being said, I don't know if Tommy Pham will be willing to come here because, frankly, he's going to want to start wherever he goes yeah, and he's going to want to probably have a guaranteed position. And he wouldn't have that in Seattle. Not with, of course, having, I mean, if someone gets hurt, sure. But with having Luke Rayleigh out there in left field, you're going to be starting him at least versus righties, if not versus both. And so Mitch, you're going to be starting him at least versus lefties, if not against both. So I think that Tommy fan makes sense. Would he want to come here? No. Would I rather have him than Adam Duvall? Absolutely. I think the only reason why I said Duvall, and it's just from like MLB the show knowledge, he does have like in back in his heyday, okay, prior to him becoming an older man, he was playing the infield. He's playing the corner infields of third base and first base. Okay. Was he? He was. I think most recently he played in the infield was like 2018 with the Reds, which is quite a ways away. But you know, Perry Hill, just let him cook. Let, let, let him allow Adam Duvall to hit the fountain of youth and become a corner infielder again mm-hmm. with some outfield skills as well. It's, it's, I think a little bit unrealistic, truthfully to expect an Adam Duvall to come in and be able to give us some innings at first base. The issue is, is like in that way, then is it Whit Merrifield? Who's a guy that can play around the infield can play around the outfield. Do I prefer that over, Duvall's offensive potential, not necessarily, but do I think they make sense? Probably, because if you're looking to replace, I don't know who on this roster is going to be replaced in terms of major, like positional depth, like on your bench is like you getting rid of Dylan Moore, but like he's that guy that you can just be with Merrifield already. So is it like Dom Canzone not being on your roster? Like I don't know. I don't know because the roster crunch is starting to get pretty pretty hard to like kind of navigate if you add another bat to this lineup that isn't a prolific bat like Cody Bellinger because the obvious move then is like okay you option can zone and like you let him chill out in the minors and just hit 50 home runs in triple a 
realistically. But if it's Whit Merrifield, like, okay, so how do you value who do you keep at that point in time? And I think an, another thing with, again, the same thing with Whit Merrifield now is, what do you want to come here? Because he's going to want to start. And so, it, but at the same time, we are, what, 10 days away from pitchers and catchers reporting? Guys are going to, I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to start getting desperate hat in hand, Kevin Mather, but I think that there is a possibility that some of these guys are willing to take either shorter deals or smaller deals in terms of the AAV. And I'm not saying that Cody Bellinger is going to come asking for a one-year, $1 million deal, obviously. But, you know, if he is willing to take, like, instead of the, what did they predict, like, 12 to something? Well, that feels very much so out of reach. That'll never <laughs> happen now. Yeah, like, there's no, like, that would have happened already mm-hmm. if he was somehow getting 12 years. I still do think, honestly, that it will be a reliever. I think that they will add... I mean, they're going to add more relievers, whether they be just the random quad A guys. They signed Heath Hembry to a minor league deal, like, on the same day as Santos. Sure, why not? It's another Mm -hmm. arm that you could just, like, add to that random bits of minor league relievers that if you need to call on at a moment's notice, they're there for you. Mm -hmm. And we we talked last podcast about, like, Alex Reyes. I mean, Fujinami's obviously off the board now. Yeah, and he got $3 million, by the way. So. It's a lot more than we expected. So let's just assume then that the roster is set right now for 2024. This is the team that we are going to see on opening day, barring an injury. The, there was a question raised. Who was it? Who'd you say it was by? At Carson Wright 26. Carson asked, is the 2024 roster better than the 2023 roster? Undoubtedly, yes. But is the 2024 roster better than the 2022 roster? Which I think is now a fair transition from you know, comparing it to 2023, because yes, like if you're in the camp that it's worse than 2023, please like just take an extra second to go do some evaluation of some, of some of the talent that is now on this roster. Sure. There is injury concern. Okay. You could say that about anybody at any given time. Julio has injury concern. Like it's there. If the Mariners were to add Mike Trout, people would be complaining that he's too injury. Yeah. Too injury riddled. He's got mm-hmm. glass bones and paper skin. So, Colt, do you want to go position by position for, for yep. this 2022 to 2024 roster? The team that I ended do. the drought and then the team that will end the eventual one-year drought? Calling my shot now. <laughs> I do. Yeah, yeah. So, starting at catcher, Cal Raleigh. I think Is he better Cal, now than he was in 2022? I think pretty safely. Yes. That was his yeah. big breakout year, and we were – I mean – I remember the previous year in 2021, whenever Cal would get up to bat, I'd go, oh, Raleigh, like saying really, like really, like really, he's up to bat, really, as wow, Raleigh. very creative. I, Raleigh dumb, I know. But then he just completely, don't, don't shake, again, don't shake your head at me, all right? Keeping You're lucky it, I didn't walk out. I'm keeping it fun. Cal has taken more steps forward. He is better than he was in 2022. Mm-hmm. Undoubtedly. First There's, base. I think some argument to be made because Ty was a, an all-star. So I think for good reason, you could say 2022 France might be better than 2024. Of course, there is that second half slump, the nagging wrist injury. I hate you, Sheldon Noisy. You you ruined my boy. The only reason anybody will re- ever remember his name. And I keep, <laughs> and I keep bringing him up. I should really just not name him. He who shall not be named hurt Ty mm. France's wrist. Mm-hmm. I think you could maybe say equal. I know Switch said equal, but 
I might just lean 2022 France to not be super biased. Second base, Jorge Polanco. Is he better than Adam Frazier? Yeah. I think yep. he'll be better. I think it's just he, Adam Frazier, I think, was asked too much. Too much flexibility. He was playing the outfield. He was moving up and down the lineup. And sure, that's not necessarily on Scott or anybody else's fault other than Frazier not like really performing at the plate. But yeah, Polanco will be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's, no doubt in my mind. The, do we want to go by position number or just around the diamond? We're going to third base. All right, third base. 2022 Gino, I think, is better than yeah. Urias and Rojas. I like that it's a platoon. That's something that, you know, happy that that is now a thing. We're no longer depending on just Luis Urias. It is a platoon, so you can use that to your advantage. But is it going to put you at a 130 WRC plus between the two of them with 30 bombs and almost a hundred driven in. No, I don't think so. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> and as far as defense, like Gino wasn't, I don't think he was necessarily that great at third in 2022, but I would say he's probably going to be, it'd probably be equal mm-hmm. between him and Urias. Realistically, we go to shortstop. The answer there is obvious. Yeah. The answer for our captain, JP He's going to be better in 2024. He put it all together in 2023. Realistically, 2022, like you, you sandwiched 2021, like the the meat of that sandwich of 2021 and 2023. JP Crawford, it's not fulfill, it's not filling, it's not going to satiate your hunger as far as watching a baseball player play. It wasn't great at the plate. And 2023, JP Crawford, that's like the biggest deli sandwich you could have ever gotten. And 2024, I'm ready to take another bite. Okay. Why? What? I just that that metaphor. Uh huh. Was that was good? Thank you. That was a good, good metaphor. I maybe dragged it on a little little long sure. there. Yeah. I just want. I really wanted another bite. We get it, fatty. All right. <laughs> Left field. Luke Rayleigh. Who would they have? J.K. I feel like is that and who Winker. they had? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, Luke Rayleigh. I have more faith in Luke Rayleigh, even if he is the biggest regression target on this team for 2024. I'm probably taking him over 2022, specifically 2022 Kalnick and Jesse Winker. Because, yeah, yeah, it's just, it's night and day. Yeah, Um, they were bad. Yeah. Julio. I I think you could pencil in Julio for a top three MVP. And a lot of people be like, yeah, that makes sense. Whereas, like, rookie of the year, Julio, yeah, he was great. But that's not top three MVP. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, Julio proved in 2023 why he is one of the faces of baseball. Right field, Mitch Haniger. All right, 2022 Mitch Haniger. He, he he went away to college. All right, and then he came back to his hometown. I'm making metaphors, too. Okay. <laughs> came back to his hometown with the Mariners again in 2024. All right, he had his little he, he, high school graduated. You know, I don't, I don't want to explain it. Anyway, Mitch Haniger. Injury riddled. 2021 no no you've got to no i'm sorry 2022 you got the wrong sandwich ingredients here buddy <laughs> I've, got the wrong, I've got the wrong piece of bread i grabbed the wheat bread with the white bread yeah those breads don't go together Mm-mm. all right um 2022 mitch was eh? he was injured like, he got covid he was injured sprained his yep, ankle he... first play back and then he was mm-hmm. out for a long time had a pretty high strikeout rate but there was there were glimpses of success. Mm-hmm. If I'm saying that 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 2022 Mitch is going to be better than 2024, that would lead me to believe that there's not a lot of faith in Mitch. I would put them equal. 
I think we can yeah. get similar level production from Mitch in 2024 than we did with 2022 in mind. We're not going to get 2021. And if we do, no. slam dunk. Like, the biggest slam dunk you could have imagined. I think calling it even is pretty fair. I think there's definitely a decent opportunity that it is better because of just how injury prone he was in 2021 specifically how rough that year was on him as a whole it wouldn't be necessarily hard for mitch hanniger to surpass those numbers in 2024 yeah i mean there's not a lot to write home about and for the mariners the last position here offensively is dh that was a rotating door for a bit until we acquired carlos santana and ty france then came back from the, the injured list and santana was good i We'll say that Mike Ford was better statistically in 2023. So if we don't think Garver can be better than Mike Ford, then there's that kind of like, what are we, what are we talking about? So Garver should be better than Carlos Santana and the 2022 DH position. Mm-hmm. And if you want to say, throw Mitch in there a couple, Oh, they're both named Mitch. If you want to throw Hanniger in there a couple times, maybe Dom Canzone, like sure. There's a couple other guys that could fill in for DH should things go sideways. But Garver will be better. Yeah, I think there's no doubt about that. Did Carlos Santana play a big role for the Mariners in 2022? Absolutely. But just from a just from a statistics and an offensive number standpoint, it's going to be Mitch Garver every time. So I think that for the pitching staff, we just do as a whole. Start, let's start with the bullpen because honestly, I'm going to go with the 2022 bullpen thoughts i think that's fair you know you're getting resurgent matt brash or whatever you want to call it you know him rising from the dead in 2022 after his failed stint as a starter so like there was still some hiccups there i think munoz was a lot better in 2022 than what we got out of him last year and of course like you had seawald so do i think that it's there's potential for it to be better in 2024 but maybe you know there there's there's room for it but like 2022, you had Eric Swanson there. Like you had some dogs. Diego Castillo was good. Yeah, he, like he wasn't you know a a bum yet kind of a vibe. Like he was still giving us solid innings. So I can agree with 2022, but it's close. Mm-hmm. You but don't want to go. It? You don't want to go pitcher by pitcher. You, uh, like starting pitcher by starting pitcher. Yeah, I think we can. I right, bet. Let's do it. Like 2022 no. Castillo post All Star. Like you know, uh, acquiring he was lights out. I think he he'll, he, I think 2022 Castillo is better than 2024. What we can get, agreed. Realistically, he's aging. Regressions, you know, again, it it's bound to happen eventually. If it hits him this year, so be it. He's still going to be good. I'm not overly worried if he does start to kind of plateau. Kirby's the number two, so yeah, Kirby, he's better than he was in his rookie year. Dude's gonna be a top five Cy Young guy probably. It's a pretty safe call to say, okay, yeah, George Kirby will be better than his 2022 self. I think last year was better than 2022, so I expect him to just continue to grow. I'd say the same for Logan. I mean, Logan Mm. is better now than he was in 20—you don't think so, in 2022? I think he's a more complete pitcher. You look at Mm. his stats, his stats in 2022 are better than 2023 in terms of just ERA. Like He had like a 3-2 or 3-3 in 2022, and he had like a 3-7 last year, but there were some other like— more like stat casty stats that were better for Logan in 2023. Mm-hmm. So I think he's a more complete pitcher now. If anything, I might say equal, but I I won't be mad at anybody saying, of course, Logan's going to be better because I've been calling that he's continuing to take steps forward. It's just a matter of like, when does he reach his peak? Mm-hmm. If that's 2024, 
okay, so like we kind of know what we're getting. If it's not there yet, then we move. We continue and we're just continuously better. So I guess let's do Bryce Miller to Robbie Ray. I feel like, yeah. you know, if we're talking. Unless you want to like, do like the pair of Robbie Ray and Marco to Miller and Wu. Something like that. I don't think they should be paired together because okay, okay. <laughs> Robbie Ray and Marco are two very different pitchers. Honestly, like I would take 2022. Uh, this is going to be crazy. 2022 Robbie Ray over either of them. I think so as well. But it's it's. It, the the it's order close. of operation is Ray, like Miller, Wu, whichever one you prefer, Marco. You know, that mm-hmm. is how that list would go. Just because Robbie Ray is a guy that has been there, done that for a long time. You know, goes out there, innings eater, big strikeout guy. Whereas Miller and Wu, yeah, they, we saw glimpses of greatness. But how sustainable is it? We're not entirely sure yet. Of course, you and I are both pretty high on the idea that they're going to be good again in 2024. It's just, would they be better than you know, a 102 ERA plus or whatever Robbie Ray posted. Maybe. Maybe. But, you know, looking forward to more so Miller Wu really taking that big step in, like, 2025, realistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of similar to what we saw with, like, Logan. I mean, again, Logan, like you said, was really good in 2022. But then that was his second year, right? Mm-hmm. That was his second year in the bigs. But overall, in my opinion, you look at Logan in 2023, even if his, like, you know, some of his numbers aren't there, I do think that he was a better pitcher in 23 than he was in 22. It's right, it's that, like, third year, You, I feel like you really get to see these guys take that next step. And we saw a big step from George Kirby in just his second year last year in 2023. So I can only imagine what it's going to look like in 2024 when we're looking at Brian Wu and Bryce Miller. I almost mixed up their names and called them Brian Miller. Um, That's the same thing. Yeah, why not? I think that you're right. Once we get to 2025, they're going to become base not maybe not on the same level as George Kirby and Logan Gilbert, but that is the next wave in my opinion. 2024 though, I I I think yeah, I'd still go with Ray. I'm going to take both of them over Marco though, like yeah. you said. Ultimately, the that last little fight, I don't really think changes much about what we've said here. The 2024 team it's at least on pace and on paper to be better than the 2022 team that ended the drought and took the Mariners to the playoffs. They got 90 mm-hmm. wins, right? Yeah, in 2022, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, was it 89? No, it was 90. And there were 88 wins last year, and this team is objectively better than they were in 2023, and they got 88 wins last year. The pitching mm-hmm. staff will grow and be better. The bullpen, probably close-ish in terms of what you're going to get out of it, and the offense completely retooled, less strikeouts, hopefully more run scoring, run producing opportunities with just moving the line down and just more guys that I think you could pencil in one through nine and have your lineup feel pretty stretched out. Whereas last year it fell off pretty quickly. If you guys want to get to know two of the newest Mariners, we have two videos on the screen right now. One breaking down the Jorge Polanco trade and one breaking down the Gregory Santos trade. Go ahead and check one of those out next. Thank you guys so much for watching episode 58 of the Hit It Here podcast presented by Bet Online, the Ryan Garten episode of the Hit It Here podcast and go Mariners.